0: Job was a man of high integrity, very high integrity. And as we get into this message, if I would take the scripture and if I would lift up the fire from it, it would be the winds of affliction and despair. And I never come before God's people and begin to speak a word without asking God what he wants for me to say to his people. And he never fails to give me what I need. And, he, you know, as a pastor, you feel your congregation. You feel the turmoil that they go through, you feel the infirmities they go through, you feel all of and God sometimes tailors, many times, or well, most of the times, he tailors that word so that it will be a benefit to not just one or two people, but the people as a whole, because God is more interested in the whole, even though he's interested in the individual, he's interested in the whole of the matter. He's like the captain of the ship, you know. The captain of the ship is more concerned about the entire ship, but yet though he's concerned about every soul, and that's the way God is with us, you know. He's concerned about each of us individually, but at the same time, it's for the glory of him. It's to where he's trying to get us as a whole to him. So now we're in this situation that we talked about a few few months back about the uh, things that are coming this way, and... A lot of us probably thought it was going to be this great explosion, but see, the winds that God was trying to tell us that's coming this way was going to be on an individual aspect. Now, many of us, since we've entered into this thing called the kingdom of God, many of us have, we've been under attack. We've been under attack in our physical body, a lot of us, have we not? A lot of us have been attacked our job situations, have we not? A lot of us have been attacked in our relationship situations, have we not? A lot of us have been attacked from all kinds of ends. Now, it's not so much that it was anybody's fault. It's not not always the individual's fault. Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. But we have to search ourselves as to if it is or not. And we'll get to that later. But there was this man named Job, which means hated and afflicted. Mm-hmm. And Job lived in the land of a place called Uz, U-Z, which is the land of counseling words. You see, Job, the Bible says, was an upright and perfect man. He was mature in this thing. And it says that he hated evil and that he feared God. So, Job was this man who he constantly lived in the realm or the land of the council of God. Because every day, Job would continuously, he would give sacrifices unto God for his sons and his daughters, thinking that they may have sinned somewhere along the line. We're gonna get into all of that. I'm trying to break the, the, the groundwork on this on this message, which is the winds of uh, the winds of affliction and despair. Now, a lot of times we don't understand what's happening to us or why it's happening to us. But see, when you picked up the kingdom word, you became under an aggressive attack. You see, and a lot of us may not understand why we are under such attack. But it's because of the place that you've entered into. You see, you've entered into a new realm, a new area of God's anointing. And whether you realize it or not, the enemy knows. I said, whether you realize where you are or not, that's not the issue. The issue is that the enemy knows the level of the teachings here. And the enemy wants to knock you off. To keep you from getting to that place, I'm going to show you something in the Word here, amen, and you will understand just exactly what I'm talking about from God's point of view, not from mine, but from God's point of view. So let's deal with this situation. you okay, man, remember move when I move, okay? Now, the Bible tells us in the first chapter of Job, are we there? The Bible says there was a man in the land of Uz. We told you that other means counseling words. Whose name was Job, which means he was hated and And that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and his chewed evil. And his chewed evil. He hated evil. And there were born unto him. Seven sons, that means he was a perfect builder in the things of God, in the kingdom of the building because seven is the perfection of God. And anytime you see the word son, it means builder of the family of God's name in the earth. So you see, he was a perfect builder. That's why God calls us sons of God, because we are builders of God in the earth. Do you understand? you understand why Jesus was called the Son of God? Because he was the Builder of God in man in the earth, okay? we you understand, son means builder. We are builders, okay? He had seven sons, and he had three daughters because this word daughter represents the fact that something had to be erected in us. Anytime we're building something, we also have to have somebody to erect it, okay? So the sons of the builders, the daughters, are the support beams, the erectors. Do you understand what I'm talking about in the kingdom? Right. I'm trying to get you to understand who you are. Now, God says in verse 3 that his substance also was 7,000 sheep. That word 7 keeps coming up because he was perfect in his uh, Purity. Sheep always represent the purity of God, just like gold does. So he had pure thoughts about God. He had 7,000 sheep, he had 3,000 camels, because we know three is the resurrection. We, he had uh, uh, 3,000 camels, he had 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 she asses, and a very great household so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the East. When you see that word East, you mean he was the greatest of all men from within himself. Now what's in him? The kingdom. So he was the greatest of all men that had entered into this realm of the kingdom of God within. He was the greatest man in the East, you see. So here's what's happening. When we enter in into the kingdom, not church, kingdom, you got to think kingdom. When you enter in into the kingdom of God, you become one of the great ones. Somebody say, "I'm a great one,", a great one. because that's what you are. That's what makes you the difference between the head and the tail. Amen. You got to understand what we're talking about here. Now, the Bible says that he had three thousand camels because camel represents a burden. Now. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter 5, 7, that we ought to cast all our cares upon the Lord because he cares for us. So when we raise that burden off of us, we had three thousand. When we raise that burden off of us and give it to God, then the pressure is not on us anymore. What we ought to do is learn to rise up and release it to God. And the problem is, is that sometimes we go back and take this thing upon ourselves, because it's human nature. It's just something that we do well at doing, trying to handle our own situations. We do well at messing up stuff. Now, the Bible says that his substance was also, also was 7,000 sheep, 3,000 cattle, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 she asses, and a very great household. I want you to pay attention to that word. Very great household. Turn with me to Matthew 1352. And show you something about the household. Matthew 1352. Can you get this amen? Yeah. Somebody read it, read it fluently. It's just anybody's voice to do. Then said he unto them, therefore, every scribe which is instructed under the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is a householder, which bringeth forth out of his treasure things new and old. Any man that is, or any scribe, that is instructed, not in church knowledge, but kingdom knowledge, the kingdom of heaven, right? Now, his household was very great, right? Any man, any scribe that's instructed in this thing, you know, that's fluent in it, they are like a man that owns a house, right? He's a householder. And he's able to go in. This is the house. He was the greatest man in the East. And this is the house right here. He's able to go in here and bring out treasures, both old and new. In other words, he's able to bring forth the ancient knowledge, the ancient secrets of God about this word, and also new revelations, old and new. Not the same thing. We're supposed to learn the same thing every time we come to church. We're supposed to learn something new. We're supposed to build upon what we already know and give some more out that you didn't know. That's how you build a house, right? You don't build a house by continuing to build a foundation, do you, minister? No. You'll be spirit crazy going around and around and around and never building a house. Have you ever seen them start a house and never finish it? All that was left. Jesus told us about that. Count the cost. Don't go building nothing before you count the cost. Know what you're doing before you jump into it, That's right. That's right? You better know. That's right. Ain't that right, pastor? Right. You better. Know. So he was. He 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 was. He had a great household because he was instructed and anointed in the kingdom of heaven. And he was able to go in and come out with old and new treasures. So here's his man note. He's the greatest man in the East of all the men in the East. And that's what we are. We are cut above church folk, because church folk don't know kingdom. We know kingdom. So God is looking at us differently because of what you stepped into. You got to understand who you are in here. See, I'm trying to get you to find out what your identity really is in this life. And then, when I come on down through here, you're going to see what the price is that you got to pay for stepping into what you stepped into. Right. Okay. So, See, when you step into the kingdom, it's either all the way or none of the way. I told you before, you don't start and then stop. No, you got to go forward with it or you'll find God taking stuff from you. I told you that over and over and over and over and over. And, what is it going to click? Somebody, please favor. Flip the switch and cut the light on in your head. No. Will you please do yourself a favor? Because God's word has already declared that if you don't do it right, he'll take it from you. Right. He'll let you go for so long we he'll let you Look at the word. Verse 4, it says, and his sons went and feasted in their houses. Verse 4, of there. Yes. Everyone his day and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and drink with them. Well, I don't think that they was in a high feast. That ain't what this is saying. You gotta know what the original meaning of the word is. The word feasted means that they were making sacrifices. Now, notice who was making the sacrifices? The sons, the builders. The builders are the ones who always make the sacrifices. But guess who the builders call in to make the sacrifice with The directors, the daughters, their sisters. Amen? Amen. See, when you're building something, you got to have sons and the daughters. Are you with me? See, we all make the sacrifice together because we're all in the house feasting together. You see, The day, the word day there, it means it's required of you to do it that And he called, sent and called for their three sisters, three means red, to eat and drink with them. And it was so. When the days of their feasting, their sacrifices were going about, and Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning. Rose up when? You got to get up early, don't you? 1 Corinthians 13. You got to get up early. 1 Corinthians 13. Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 13, over there? Yeah. yeah. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid a foundation and another build thereupon. Let every man, he said, but let every man take heed how he build thereupon. See, we've got to be careful on how we build this thing. So, the word of God said that he rose up early in the morning. And, you see, you got to... In that early dawn breakthrough that God gives us, that early morning breakthrough, when the light does come on, you've got to rise to the occasion of it. Right. Or you'll slip away and you'll slip back into darkness. Did you hear what I said? Right. See, too many of us, we get the breakthrough and then we get complacent. We get lazy. See, see this thing is a progressive walk. That's right. If you, if, See, you don't get the land of the kingdom. You don't get the land of Canaan unless you're willing to fight the enemy that's in there and trying to hold down that land. That's right. That's the way you get it, right? When Joshua and them went in, how did they get it? They took it. They took it because they are inhabitants up in there that is trying to keep us from getting it. You see, it's people. It's things. It's spirits that's plotting against us right now. And this is what this word is going to try to show us here today. Because you see, while Job was doing this, the Bible said, and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. I'm still in verse 5. Job chapter 1, verse 5. And going on down through there said, It may be that my sons have sinned, mm-hmm. they may have built some things wrong. You understand what I'm saying? And curse God in their hearts, thus did Job continue. Now, Job was dead. Job was a, what kind of man? He was a prophet. He was a mature man in the Lord. He hated evil, and he feared God, right? And while he was doing all of this, see, the devil hates you. That's why Job name means hated and afflicted. Anybody that enters into the kingdom of God is hated by this enemy. Yeah. See, as long as you can play church, yeah. as long as the shotgun up on the wall, That's right. and you ain't willing to use it, yeah. then the enemy can just do what he wants. So he can come around here and take what you want. Oh, but when will you're will you willing to use it, yeah. he'll back up. Now watch this enemy here. Watch what he does. He's blind. Because he's hating you. He don't like what you've been doing with God. So what does he do? Watch it. Now there was a day when the, verse 6, over there. Now there was a day, now, right now, that was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. That day represents his reply It was to do what we're doing right here, present ourselves before the Lord, the sons of God. He didn't say church folks, he said the sons of God, did he? Right. See, everybody was uh-huh. He just didn't say anybody now. Let's be, let's be explicit with this. You know, let's speak truth about this. He didn't say anybody, he said the sons of God. But what bonifies us to be a son of God? That we're kingdom dwellers, right. not church goals. I say kingdom dwellers. Big difference. So, the Bible tells us here, now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also. Satan. See, Satan don't come in the midst of church folk, Satan comes in the midst of yeah. sons of God. Yeah. You ain't, and now, now, see, church folk, they do it to themselves. <laughs> Kingdom folk, Satan got to come up in there and present himself too before the Lord. When he presents himself before the Lord, he wants to mess up something. He wants to accuse somebody because he is accusing of the rest. So look what he says. And the Lord says uh, unto Satan, "Whence cometh thou?" Then Satan answered the Lord and said, "From going to and fro in the earth and walking up and down in. He's trying to hurt something." Lord said unto Satan, "Satan, hast thou considered my servant, laughing Somebody say your name. You Joe. You the one that's hating. You the one that's being afflicted. We just talked about that, didn't we? Yeah. Didn't we just talk about, yeah. folks being afflicted. Yeah. Who been trying to do what's right, yeah. but they being afflicted. Put your name there in. That's your name. Right. You Joe. Mm-hmm. So God said, Have you tried my servant, Pastor Frey? Have you tried my servant, Sister Barbara? Have you? Have you tried my servant, Mister Bell? Have you tried it? Have you tried? Well, God know what you're doing, and the devil know too. He says in verse eight, and the Lord said to the servant. Say, Hast thou considered my that there is none like him in the earth, he is a perfect and an upright man, one that fear God and escheweth or hate evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Did Job fear do Job fear God? No, he said in verse 10, has thou not made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he had on every side. Thou hast blessed him the work of his hand and his seltzers and increased in the land. Sound to me like a thing called jealousy. Sound yeah. to me like <coughs> folk doing some hating on somebody. Yeah. Somebody hating on us. Yeah. Somebody is accusing us of not being who we say we are. But the devil is a stanking lie, right? That's right. Cause so we come straight from the book. Yeah. The accuser of the brethren is of the devil, right? Yeah. That's the devil. He's the one that does the accusers. So here's the word. Here's the hand. I'm finna get strategizing things here now. He says in verse eleven, "But put forth thine hand now and touch all that he had, and he will curse thee to." Thy face. Now this is sick. He's talking to God. He's giving God instructions on what he wants God to do to us. That's what he doing. He just instructed God over here. Now it's up to God whether he going along with it or not. God deserved that right. So whether he's going to bust your head or not. He was that right. Because Joe hadn't done nothing but he busted his head. you see how bad he busted it. Yes, he can wide open. And go not done that. But try to say, it's a funny God, ain't it? It would appear. Right? Uh-huh. ahead. Uh-huh. See, his way ain't our way. That's what folks don't understand.
1: Well, we try to
0: we try to make God like we are. We try to figure him out the way we are. Verse 12 says, but and the Lord said unto Satan. He said, Behold, all that he had is in thine power, only upon himself, not for thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. Oh, he did happy now. He got permission to pass off. We're talking about the winds of despair and affliction. See, See, that's a wind. That's a spirit. See, so he left the presence of God, and look what he did. And... There was a day when his sons, his builders, mm-hmm. and his daughters, his erectors, were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. They were being ministered to. The word elder means minister. They were being ministered to. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing, and the asses feeding beside him. And the Savians fell upon them and took them away. Yet they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only have escaped along to tell they was killed. What did they take? King? The oxen and asses did. They? And then they knocked off the servants, didn't they? So the workers were knocked off, but watch what Satan does. First thing Satan do is knock out your ability to make your sacrifice. He knocked out the oxen first. That's what they use to make the sacrifice. That's what they use to make the burnt offering with. Right. The word burnt offering meant to ascend upon high. If you can't ascend upon high, how are you going to get to God? And you can't get to him without just making the sacrifice, can you? Right. So here's what the devil do the winds of affliction and the winds of despair. The first thing the devil want to do is take out your ability. Hear me, church. First thing you want to do is take out your ability to make the sacrifice to God by throwing other things, cartel, sickness, job stop, truck tail, all kinds of things to stop you from making your sacrifice. And you know what? Most of us fall for it. Come on. Most of us fail the test right there. And when you disconnect from God, God will disconnect from you. That's just the way it is. You ain't got a connection when you don't make the sacrifice. Point blank, people. So what does he know? What does the winds or the spirit of affliction in this crowd do? It takes out your ability to make a sacrifice. That's first thing. First thing in war. We got some war dogs in here. Quite a few of them. Just about every man in here. First thing we do to the enemy, first thing the enemy tries to do to us is knock out communication. Right? Mm-hmm. Now we've got to think in dogs. That's war. We're talking strategy here. First thing that demon knew when he left God, he said, I'm oh, going to knock his ability to make the sacrifice. Because well, we have the Old Testament. The, that, that's what Job was at that time. And it was vital that you had a oxen to put on that burnt burn off. It was vital. Now we have to put this flesh on that off, this same guy. It's the same thing in the New Testament. We have to sacrifice, you know, deny our self. That's putting it on the self, that correlates with it. But see, so when the devil knocks out our ability to do that, to give the sacrifice, here's the next thing that he does. He comes back. while he was yet speaking because there's always going to be one to escape from within you and tell you where you went wrong. Now whether you listen or not is up to you. But there's always going to be a messenger that God is going to allow to escape to tell you where you went wrong. But while he was yet speaking verse 16 said There came also another and said, the fire of God has fallen from heaven and has burnt up the what? Deceit. Deceit represents your purity. Your pure thoughts. No sacrifice. No pure thoughts. See, next thing he does after he knocks out your ability to give sacrifice is knock out your pure ability to think right with God. Huh? You see what he's doing, don't you? All you've got to do is check yourself and you'll see where the enemy knocked you out. every one of us, God has given us the strategy right here. And all we gotta do is look inside and and study it, study itself, in accordance to this word, and we can see that God is really talking about us. He's really telling us the strategy here and what has happened, and how it happened. So, now it it says that the sheep are destroyed, burned up, and the servants, and consume them, and I only am escaped alone to tell them. Because the sheep was what they used to do the sin offering. Now you ain't got no sacrifice because they done knocked out the oxen. Now you don't have no sheep to, 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 to offer up either for your sin. Uh oh, you see how this thing is progressing so now we're slipping greater and greater into darkness. And there's always one been left to tell. Verse 17 says, While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The shall then. These are the things of idol worship that carry us away. Now, if your sacrifice is gone, you put sacrifice to God, now your pureness to God is gone, because now you don't have no pureness in you. Your sheep, in other words, backslide now. you hold holding back from God, in many ways,
1: Now, what happens is
0: it ain't going to be long before these shall come. These shall are the ones that carry, that's that thing that carry you away into eye worship. You don't talk about your job, yeah. your love, yeah. your money, you know, all these things yeah. that carries a love. See, see, it's a progression. And see, when you try to tell folks, you try to tell them at what point they are, they don't listen. Yeah. They got to go through the winds of affliction and because 'cause we're headed like that. That's why God got to set up like that. Yeah. You know, see, we don't listen. See, all you got to do is flip it—just flip it. Just flip the thing on what you want. you you will be right there. But something inside is gonna let that word. Flip it on, and all we gotta do is flip the switch. Let them flip the switch in your head, so that you can see what's happening to you and why. It ain't like you ain't been told. <laughs> you been told, you know what I'm saying, Flip the switch, turn it on. Do you need somebody to take your hand and make you turn it on? God well, no, ain't like that. He's not like that. You're going to have to do this thing willingly. Amen. Yeah. I told you. I'm you what you think. You think God be speaking up here every week to week and he's glad with you? He's not. He's not, people. <laughs> Lord, that was Jesus. While he was yet speaking, there came another and said, The child did. Made out three bands. That's mm. the height of the sun. Mm. That word band means. He- at the height of the summit. This doesn't knock out your whole height. See, it he doesn't knock out your ability to sit upon high because now you don't have no oxygen. See, he done he done took out the whole hill, the top of the hill. And say so he fell upon the camel and carried them away? Yeah. And slain the servant? No. Keep killing the service servants too, because he ain't got a workers. With the edge of the sword. They always want to stick. And while he had there came also another and said, Thy sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in the eldest brother's house. See, they, they, they were doing what they were supposed to do. They were making the sacrifices. They were building that erect. And, and behold, there came a great wind, a great spirit. From where? The wilderness. The wilderness is this life that we're in, this earthly life that we're living in. See, see, life will bring a wind on you that carry you apart, will it not? Amen. This is what we're talking about today. We're talking about today about the winds of affliction and despair. Life will bring wind on you. That's why we got to stay girded up and alert. Because life will bring a wind in on you. Not only a wind, but a great wind from small, the wilderness. And smoke before full comes out of the house. In other words, not everything going wrong with you. And if everything that's going wrong with end, whoever you're connected with, they're not going to be really too. <coughs> it's going to affect more than you when the house falls. Do you understand what I'm saying? When this house falls, more than me is affected. When your house falls, more than you are affected. That's right. That's right. The Bible says, and it fell upon the young men, and they're dead. But he still left one to escape and tell what happened. But look what Job does. Then Job arose and rent his mouth, shaved his head, fell down upon the ground, and worshiped. Here's what Job did. Here's what he did. How to rise up, that's what you gotta learn how to do first. Right? Most of the time the affliction causes us to fall down. You gotta learn how to rise up. Job rose up, verse 20. You gotta learn how to rise up. You gotta learn how to open up because he read his mantle. That's his upper part. That's the upper part of himself. You gotta learn how to open it up. And you've got to learn how to remove yourself out of the way. Look what he did. He shaved his head See, he had to move himself out of the way. And then, notice I said he got to move himself out of the way. (laughs) Jesus is the way. The truth. See, see, sometimes we get in the way of Jesus. We got to get self out of the way. Get out of the way. And then what did he do? He fell down on the ground, which means that he humbled himself, and then he worshipped. You see what he did? During your time of affliction, you've got to learn to do this. You've got to rise up, you've got to open up, you've got to remove yourself, get away from the pity party, and you've got to humble yourself and learn to worship God in spite of That's what you've got to learn to do. All of Amen. And the Bible says in verse 21, and he said, Naked I came out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord had taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And look at here. In all, job, in all this, Job sinned not, nor chose God foolishness. All that scripture adds up to is one word, integrity. Can we keep our integrity doing times, difficult times? Can we keep going with you? Can we continue to do what God would have us to do during these difficult times? Can we rise up to the occasion in spite of ourselves? and say, I'm going on in spite of me. I'm gonna deny myself and I'm gonna worship God anyway in the Amen. holiness Amen. of his temple. Can we do that? Yes. See, 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 Cause I'm telling you, if that thing get hard enough on you, it will test every cell in your body. Mm-hmm. It will. And it's coming today. You ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. It's slowly like rain coming in. Sickness, dead, Carly. a whole lot of things. And see, Understand the end result of this thing, which we'll get to. You've got to understand the end result. You see, that's why you got to stay what? Focus. Because when you decide to take it and put your eyes on the circumstances of yourself, then the devil just defeated you. That's right. You've just been defeated. Because you just lost focus. And when you lose focus, guess what? You fall out of the ranks. And now you're nowhere to be found anymore. Because what? You fail to rise up and do what you need to do as a man. Now, let me tell you something. Like I told somebody last night, I watched the movie. And, uh, I think there's man who killed somebody. Oh yeah, it wasn't a movie. There's a thing about the history of the climate. where it man, they call him dynamite somebody, with a few little children down there, with that church down there, and three children, blow them up. Uh, he was having Sunday service. And it took many years to get it. But eventually, payday came. You see, whatever it is that we do or don't do for God, and God placed a mandate on us, we might forget about it. We might go through life and forget about it. But do you not know, know that this thing is written down in the annals of God's book of life and in the annals of the books of your life? Yes, that you was ordained to do this over here, but you, you, you refuse. It's going to come back, people. That's what I'm scared of. I'm just praying I'm scared of I make a mistake, but I'm scared of him. At least, At least continue to walk with him, and he can help you. But look at verse 2, I mean, chapter 2 here. It says, again, there was a day when the sons of God, they did it all over again, they presented themselves before God, and Satan was there. God asked him the same for. And he started talking this crazy stuff. And the word of God says that uh, Job, he was stricken from his head all the way down to the bottom of his feet. How did he, get to the of the he was stricken, with sickness, you know what I'm saying? Now he had nothing there, but he was plotted on because he was hated because he had entered into the kingdom. He was plotted on And then, here comes these fellows, I'm to take it verse 11. Chapter 2, verse 11. He said, Now when Job's three friends heard they were old friends being this is what happened now. They heard of all this evil that was upon Job. They came, everyone, from his, whose place? Right? Oh, oh, that's the problem right there. You see whose place they came from? Their own. In other words, they came from their own council. Now, here's a man who lived living in us who was then living in the land of the council of God. But now here these three jokes with these old friends. They're coming out of their own place. You know, when they're coming out of their own council, they're going to come counsel Job. Yeah. The word that I already said, he greater great baby. And he lived in the council of God. Word that already declared that, but here can need joking. Old friend, watch out who you hang with, and watch out who you let talk to. Listen to me, Night, Eliphaz the Timonite mm-hmm. Bildad the Shuhite, and Zohar the Nehemite, Nephite, And they had made an appointment together to come to Mourn with him and comfort him. Well, here's the thing. Eliphaz the Timonite means an attempt to give God's counsel. Mm-hmm. So old friends, when you when you're down and out, they'll come. And they'll try to attempt to give you some counsel, okay? But they're coming out of the wrong place. They're coming out of their own, you don't get it. they coming out of their own places, then They ain't coming out of God's place. You want some knowledge, you got to ask God's people. Amen. You don't ask a fool. Amen. You can't do that. So here they come out of their own place, though. This is first thing they do. The bill dad, the shoe site, the shoe height, he said he's an old friend who came to humiliate you. See, the first thing they did when they opened that mouth, you did something.
1: <laughs> How about they did that? man ain't done no wrong.
0: Well, he's going to need three jokers, old friend. out of their own counsel, We're going go to go counsel Joe. We're going go to go counsel this person. We're going go to go counsel that person. But they're coming out of their own place of counseling. Their old friends who really come to humiliate you, come they hate, come to you already doing good. And Zohar, the Neammaphite, he's the one that drives me. He's the that drieness that comes from being in agreement with the old negative attitude, see? So three friends are going to come see you when you're down and out, three of them. They're going to come to try to give you counseling, but they're really trying to commit you. And by the time they finish with you, you're going to be dry as a ball. They ain't going to put no water in you. They're going to take what juice you got in you left. But the first thing they're going to do, they're going to condemn you. Yeah. first thing they did when they opened their mouth. And that's another thing. Sometimes we just did not need to say nothing. Oh, says here in verse 12 that when they lifted their eyes and fall, they knew him not. They lifted up their voice and wept, and they rent everyone his mantle, sprinkled dust upon their heads and up toward heaven. So they sat down with him upon the ground seven days and seven nights, and none spake a word unto him. And they were doing good, for they saw that his grief was very great. They were doing good. Until as you go on into it, you'll see that they began to open their mouths. And when they began to open their mouth, what they did was they began to accuse the man of doing something wrong. Now here's the man. He done lost all his possessions. He done lost his health. I'm not gonna very serious stuff. He has lost not only his possessions and not only his health, but here comes his friend talking crazy to him. And, and he's still filled with balls and souls all over, him. Afflicted. Afflicted. You know, in your affliction, you better get the right counsel. Or they'll kill you in your affliction, I see. So, the word tells us here, as we go on, because we go back to this thing, that right here, it says, I want you to understand that, at the end of the day, God brought Joseph, <coughs> to pray for them old friends. And at the end of the day, another guy came in named interview he was a young guy. He wasn't with that crew. That's that new revelation that came to He gave Job the right insight. See, sometimes you gotta go to that new authority, that new revelation, because that old thing Ain't working. You gotta, you, you know, you gotta come. He took him up higher. So, 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 when he did, when he did, and he obeyed what God had told him to do, he said, "Now I want you to pray for him." Pray for him, friends. So he made the sacrifice, he prayed for him, and because of that, the old friends were forgiven. Job was blessed with twice what he had before. Now this is the end of it. here's hope. No matter what you're going through. You know, you gotta stay focused on the end result. Do not grow weary in your well doing Because in due season you will reap if you faint not. Too many of us are fainting. That's right. And we're not reaching our destiny, which is faint. But I want to leave eight little points right quickly. Won't take long enough. But I need to minister to you this morning about during the times that you are going through, like many of us are now. Three things we must consider. or eight things. First thing, we got to consider the reason or reasons for our suffering. Okay? It's a bad time, but it's a bad bathroom. We need to get it. Number two says that we need to believe God who cares for us. See, a lot of times we won't look at what the reason is for our suffering. Well, all we know is that we're suffering, okay? Right? Then, we won't believe God, because we're suffering, we don't believe that God cares for us. When the Bible explicitly tells us, to cast our cares upon him, because he cares for us. Wow. The third thing is that we need to turn to God in earnest prayer. Some of us, instead of turning to God in earnest prayer, we get pissed off at him. Mm-hmm. Number four is very important. We need to expect that God will give us the grace that we need to take us through whatever situation that we're going through. You know? Sometimes you just got to do like that. Lay down, cover your head up, and have a little talk of God. And Amen. don't get up until you're satisfied with talking to him. That's all right. Yeah. I was over there fighting that don't reply, man. That time came here. So I do kind of, of when I can't get something, it just it, it, you know, it you do something to me. It flattened me, I went, I laid down and prayed. Just prayed. Just prayed. And then when I got up, God started giving it to me. This is clear. You, said, wow. you know, but that's the way God is. Sometimes God wants us to have sense enough to come to him Amen. and pray about the situation. He says that if we come to him boldly, mm-hmm. that in our time of need, that he'll give us what we need. He'll give us the mercy we need and give us the ability to find and obtain grace. Amen. So we need to expect God to give us the grace that we need. We also need to read God's word. <coughs> we need to do that.
1: We need to seek, number six, is we
0: need to seek revelations, and we need to seek discernment.
1: Number seven means
0: that we need to, if we sick spiritually, socially, or physically, we need the learn to seek after his divine healing because it is there. Man, I've told you before, there are many whales to salvation. I'm going to tell you Many ways, Not just one. There's many whales to salvation. Whatever you need from God, God will give it to you. That's right. Get lined up in. But I think that out of all of it, I think number eight caps you. We need to remember John. 1633, go, go John 16, 33. When we get there, see say just... John 16, 33. The Word of God tells us in John 16, These things I have spoken unto you. This is the red letter.
1: That in me ye
0: might have what? See, God wants us to have peace. He really wants us to have peace. This is what he says, and this is where I want to leave with you the words of Jesus. He says, In the world ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, people, for I have overcome the world. The Bible declares that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world.